Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic podcast. I am your host, Chris Gallagher. We return after a brief hiatus of two weeks, um, and uh, I know you've all been missing us. So we've got an action packed, classy crew um, backing me up as the host. Um, Chris Bowd, the Bowdertron, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm nobody's backup, I'm my own man. You're your own man. Mm-hmm. You are, you know, you're the one, one and only. One, uh, definitely a man. And uh, I, you have a beard. You love craft beer. You're wearing a sh- t-shirt with a shark on it. Are you a hipster? It's a shark submarine, and it was bought in Poland. So I think that makes me a hipster. Good stuff. Uh, goulash. <laughs> that nothing. <laughs> it's a thing that exists. Yes. To ask you, um, we've got Christian Wolf. Um, his hair's looking terrific. It needs a cut, though. You were mentioning to that yeah, before. And I'm, I'm definitely not a hipster anymore because I've uh, I moved. East Rain for sure. So, my hip their days are done. Uh, East Rain, East Rain massive. Pretty much. Etc. Etc. I'm pretty much the, you know, the person with the most street cred in, in East Rain just now. But <laughs> That's it's, 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 it's quite a low bar. Yeah, it really is. Um, it's Norwegian Day or some bullshit. It's Norwegian Constitution Day. Thank you. And it's. Um, I've said more. You should really, when you meet a Norwegian on Norwegian Christ. Constitution Day, you should say. Congratulations on Norwegian Constitution Day. So I'll take that. Congratulations Thank on you having about. a constitution. We don't really have one. No, not written anyway. Um, congratulations we've on had one for two hundred and three years. Well, we've got the oldest land register in the world. So fucking suck it. Good comeback. Yeah, that's <laughs> not really a thing. thing. I've ever had. Um, no, that's true. Oldest land register. Boring. Um, but so, to what is going to the national? Not, I, I want to go into this. I don't think I do. I think people the, are switching. The Norwegian off. National Constitution Day is a day to celebrate the Norwegian Constitution. So that's that's basically it. But it's great. You have there's big parades. You can eat as much ice cream, how waffles, does, um, and hot dogs that you want. How does um, Oli gonna try our fit into it? Oh, he's, he's having a bad one because he lost yesterday again. He'll come off the bench late and save the National Constitution Day. But you know, if, if you ever get the chance to go to Norway on the 17th of May, uh, especially Oslo, highly recommended. Um, it, it'll be even more expensive than usual, but how much if, is if, it? if you're in Norway anyway, you're obviously quite loaded. So How, how much is a pint in Norway? I haven't had a pint in Norway in, in quite a while, but I, I think it's about £172 now. Are you serious? <laughs> No. Okay. Because, you know... I, you can probably... It depends where you go. That's everywhere else. Gal, you can probably probably get one for £5 if you look around. Well, hello. That's not yeah. bad. Eh? That's like the West End of Glasgow prices. Uh, you so. could probably get one for 15 quite easily. If, by yeah, not looking yeah. around much, but... Yeah, schooner for £5, though. You're not getting... It's a half a litre, about. Oh. In no way. Talking about fan content, free content, the 90 Minute Cynic's been around for quite a while. It's kind of the hot topic just now with everything that's been released in the last uh, couple of days with certain new sites coming out and stuff. Um, but what we've got is we've got, we've got a podcast which comes out usually around once a week. Sometimes we do preview podcasts, etc. But we also have the supplement, um, which was the brainchild of, I think it was... Some Norwegian guy. Uh, oh, he's, he's to my right, Christian Wolf. The Wolf There's always man. a Norwegian guy. There's always a Norwegian guy. But um, we've got Christian Wolf and uh, Chris. You've been taking time out to actually put the uh, whole sort of product into a PDF. Talk us through like the because we don't maybe talk about it enough uh, and bump it up enough because it's an an incredible piece of business. It is um, free free content, but the standard of the writing is incredibly high. And tell us a little bit about it and where we can get it, etc. 
I think the supplement came, we had the first edition and just the turn of the year. And I think it's just a recognition that we wanted to produce something of quality, but it's really, really difficult when you're, <laughs> when, when you provide something for free and, you know, everybody has busy life to produce something of high quality regularly or on a weekly basis and a daily basis. So what we wanted to do was we had a lot of good writers that we knew within the cynics and we knew some other ones that we wanted to bring in. So basically we said, well, let's, let's get all these people together, have them write something about every second month that they can think about and, you know, do a lot, put a lot of work in and release it all at the same time. And and it's kind of snowball. It's, it's it's a third edition coming up now on Saturday. Um, as we say, we, we usually release all the articles at once on the website ninetyminutesonic.com. Um, but as you know, the the man, the myth, the legend that sits opposite me here, he's you know with his uh, his fantastic fingers and his brain, also molds all these articles into a very pretty. He uh, mold, he molds them. Uh, he, he molds them. Oh, I know no. that kind of sank. Um, and obviously, which has taken an incredible long time to make it look that beautiful. Um, so we have the first edition is in a completely free, very pretty downloadable format on our website. Um, Baud is working hard on the on the second edition. He's going to work even harder on the third edition because the third edition is going to look very nice. And yeah, no, no, basically we wanted to produce something that, you know, it's about half of the uh, articles is Celtic because that's obviously uh, the main focus of the podcast, main interest. But the other half of articles is pretty much about anything else in football. It's And it spans everything from interviews to really in-depth tactical analysis pieces. We have Stevie Grieve, you know, of uh, who used to coach in India and be on a TV show there now coaching Canada. He does pretty much UEFA A-level style analysis that he, he shares with us on, on different Would topics. Uh, this edition on Friday, he's talk, uh, Saturday, he's talking about build-up play. We have Matt Ryan in our American data analytics uh, dude, uh, who's uh, this time is looking at Scott Brown and some of his uh, numbers and quite some revealing things there. But also lots of different writers who just picks up uh, any topic they want to do it would basically give them a car punch and what they're interested in and, and write about it so yeah um third edition coming up on saturday and um, you might from our little teasers on on twitter you might kind of guess the the main focus of this uh this edition there's, there's a small anniversary coming up soon um so there'll be a lot on that and but you know check it out it's completely free we think it's pretty high premium content so uh launching saturday morning is it grown-up analysis um yeah i mean it's 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 pretty adult stuff to be honest it's probably would get an 18 good if, if somebody had a look at it and about you've been doing the pdf and stuff it takes a lot of work takes a lot of time but it really you can read it on your phone etc yes yeah andy uh, your tablets your phones your other mobile devices you can even print it out and you know like a magazine uh, yeah staple it together yeah, we will not. Possibilities f- we are will, endless. We will not fund the um, <laughs> the price of paper. That's your own thing. But yes, work. so we've got the first one on PDF. First one's there. I'm kind of working on two and three at the same time because my organisational skills. A bit are like the Matrix, I think. Yeah. How how's that like the Matrix? Because they they made two and three at the oh, same time, didn't they? Chris. Yes, and you that's why they were the best <laughs> Matrix. Yeah, uh, what they did do it together. I sorry, I've made an answer that. Um, but yeah, so so that's coming out. Um, and yeah. 
we do it for free we do it because we want to do it we do it for the passion um yeah paywall will be coming 2018 um we've got uh, you, you mentioned uh kind of scott brown and stuff and before we t- start talking about scott brown He's obviously been at Celtic now for 10 years. 2007 is when we signed him. Um, but just, I kind of get a little question, which I'd like to throw out to the, to the listeners as well. Zabaleta, leaving Manchester City. Uh, Dirk Kite. Dirk Kite. How would you, how would you say it? Dirk Kite. Kite? Right? The ex-Liverpool strike winger, striker. But you used to love him as a football manager, remember? Yeah, he's a great player. Underrated. I like an underrated gym. I, I think he's rated. He was he was very underrated. I had to argue with people that he was a useful player. That doesn't make him underrated. That just means you like him and other people don't. Yeah, That's underrated definition of an underrated player. Um, but yeah, so we'll just with Sabalet leaving, I just kind of putting out to the panel here. But also, if you could tweet in and let us know as well, um, what player leaving your club kind of broke your heart? Is it a player that when they left left a you know big hole in your heart? Christian, you're a Liverpool fan, Norway. Anyone else? Who, who, what's your Norwegian team? Scheid. Aye, was, I, know, I know, I'm not talking about the league, I'm talking about the team. <laughs> um, when, when I say it in, uh, in the UK, I say Scheid, because yeah, it sounds like Scheid if you say it in Norwegian. <laughs> um, they're having a great start to the season, by the way. Uh, undefeated so far, third tier. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look out Ronnie Dyla, because you might get some competition in a couple of years. Aye, very good. Um, but Yeah, no, I, I, I think... In obviously, as, as you said earlier, this is a fair point. Jan Melby, Jan Melby was my uh, <laughs> my one of my childhood heroes. John Barnes was the other one, but they kind of just they got really old and heavy by the time they left. I think Jan Melby was a, a wheel by the time he left. Oh, but his touch, I mean, Aye. he could did just stand in the center circle. He'd still be boss. Did he go back to Norway? Uh, I don't think he's never been in Norway since he was Danish. But um, I mean, I mean, I mean, okay, so the same to you, isn't it? Up. Yeah. You Englishman, um, I think in in recent time for Liverpool, I think the, the double whammy, and I think it was two summers in a row when we lost Xavi Alonso and then Javier Mascherano, uh, which probably ripped the heart out of Alonso killed that team when he left. Yeah, um, ironically, since Benitez has tried the whole season before to replace him with Gareth Barry, yeah, uh, it was uh, one of Benitez's few missteps because I really like Rafa. Uh, but yeah, I think in the recent times that's the two probably ripped the heart out to Liverpool. Uh, brought us down to Benitez. Can, can I actually brought us Hudson. Um, and Wh- then why do you think you try to get Barry? Because Barry was don't get me wrong. Barry did well when he was at Everton, and he did well. He, he did well when he was to, at City. To be um, fair, I think maybe point out before that. Alonso's maybe he was just a bit underrated. He'd had a one or two seasons where he maybe. He wasn't seen to influence as much. But his, his last season before he left, he was unbelievable. And I think he just really, really took off once he hit uh, Real Madrid as well. But I don't, I'm not sure why you want to carry Barry, um, to be totally honest. Uh, and then, obviously, like City just got a raft of bang average, um, sort of central mid English central midfielders that continues to this day with Delph. Um, Chris Bowd, yourself? Hey, there's a few players leaving, but thinking of ones that maybe left you know, during their prime kind of thing, or, or before it, uh, John Collins stuck out for me. Okay. Um, just First British Bosman. Yep. Um, just a fantastic, you know, he was magical in midfield. Um, and I, I think I would have been 12 or 13 when he left. I just remember being absolutely gutted that he was gone. 
Yeah, Monaco. Um, Fergus McCann tried to insinuate that Monaco weren't, but he reasoned that Monaco weren't part of the the yeah. EU, even though that Monaco played in the league. I mean, he was laughed uh, in the press, and they called him a penny pincher, and they called him, you know, they called him all the names under the sun. But he was right. Oh, he was, but. I think John Collins would have been going in a Bosman anyway. So that's not really the point. Get what you de- get what you deserve. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's a good point. though, your your first big boss man, um, <laughs> because I think it good, li- good li- wrestling li- reference. Good for you. Oh, <laughs> I picked, you, you're bound to pick something up here. Um, <laughs> but I think in, in terms of Liverpool terms, that was Steve McManaman when I remember he went on a on, on a free to to Real Madrid, and that was like. You know, the big team at the time, ooh, he went on the boss, man. But that's the thing, though. It's like, um, obviously, McManaman went to Real Madrid and <coughs> had had success, scored a bicycle kick in the, the final against Valencia, um, won European Cups. Uh, John Collins went on to captain Monaco. British players really don't seem... And, you know, we also had <coughs> Paul Lentz at Inter, you had David Platt at uh, Juventus and... Was it Padova? Sandora? Oh, Sandora, but I think he went to... Padova, or, well, he went to a smaller club first and then milk built his way up. Um, and you know, you look at all these kind of success stories from the 90 Gascoigne as well, it just doesn't really happen anymore. It, which is obviously because of what's happened with English Premier League and the money's there, and they're making five times as much money as playing for Burnley as they are for playing for Porto. So, you know, why would you, I guess? Um, highlight, you know, ones that have left for me, Salmonas, when Salmonas left again contract came to an end I was sad he got a lot of you know people history is kind of kind or history was oh, judge Samaras better than people did at the time I think um, Lambert when Lambert left it was it was sad although he did kind of just retire for this last year but let us know um, any players when they left uh, kind of broke your heart left a little um, left a little stain I guess all those will just pale in comparison than on when Chris Commons goes in, in the summer uh, I sneaked that in because we actually got a column on that in the supplement out on Saturday about Chris Commons about Chris Commons and leaving yeah um, I'll just I've said this on Twitter so many times Chris Commons was a terrific servant um, he played you know he, for the money we paid for him he's been a terrific sort of comeback but he's not a Celtic legend the way people talk about him they talk about him like he's in the same sort of bracket as McStay and stuff like that. Good player. Um, but, you know, Sutton didn't get... Uh, you know, my, one of my favourite players of all time, from a Celtic point of view, Johan Mialbi, just left. Went to Levante. He left. You know, cl- you know, packed his bag. And w- there's, I don't understand why. There's no need for sentiment in this game anymore. So, yeah, if Chris Commons leaves on yourself, here's a pie. Enjoy yourself on the way up the road. To Edinburgh. Aye, to Edinburgh. Do you think he'll go to Hibs? Everybody else is. I used to play in Celtic, so... Jenko go to Hipsbide. Jenko take one sort of big... And you can understand that one maybe last sort of final big pay down south in the championship, maybe. I don't think he'll get a big pay in the championship. I think, he, I think like, a Nottingham Forest. Hmm, maybe. Go yeah. back to Forest or something. But, I mean, you could see the the old gang getting back together. Or <laughs> band. <laughs> gang, band, whatever. Gang, band. <laughs> <laughs> right. Read it in. Yeah. Celtic 2012 in Edinburgh. Yeah, because there's talk of Mulgrew. I mean, we'll get to this later on, but there's talk of Mulgrew, Effie Ambrose, Commons. Stokes. Stokes. You know, it really would be Celtic 2012 um, getting back there. Um, so I, that led, lead us, leads us to Scott Brown. Um, I've put in on my notes Scott Brown appreciation. Uh, over at you, Chris. 
It's fantastic. I see this every week. Every time I'm here, I don't know why. Every week, it's got Brown yeah. Appreciation Week with Brown. It's uh, ten years, just phenomenal, <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. Um, he is. He's a. He's. He's a captain in the true sense of the word. Leads in the park. He hasn't always led in the park, though, has he? he? Talk, has talk about the dark days. There were no dark days. People <laughs> simply. He was an underrated gem for a long time. <laughs> That's why I like him so much. Um, but no, I mean, you ha- in all seriousness, you have been at You've stuck by Brown through thick or thin, except when you just abandoned him last season. last season. When he yeah, when he abandoned him. After yeah. that game, come on. <laughs> What's a- that? Anyone who wasn't upset at him after that semi final was a fool. Um, but Scott Brown has been uh, inter- talk about value for money. He's, we've had him for ten years. Um, uh, some of my favourite highlights. Um, in all honesty, just when he he was the most expensive Scottish player when we signed him, wasn't he? He was the or most the Scottish. The Scottish transfer. Yeah, I think he still is the highest Scottish <coughs> transfer four, between four point four. No yeah, kind of that was the kind of rumor. Um, the highest transfer between two Scottish clubs for a player. Um, from what I'm led to believe, uh, from uh, listening to Kevin Thompson, that the deal had been th- there was a deal almost done for Brown and Thompson together as a sort of package. Yep. Um, but his uh, Kevin Thompson's agent couldn't get a deal done personal terms, and that's why he went to Rangers. I always thought Kevin Thompson was a, a, a fantastic player, and when he went to Rangers, he was almost unrecognisable. They made him made him into a hatchet man. Yeah, well, that's the Rangers way. Or was the Rangers way when there was one? Um, but they they worked together really well. That would have been good to see at Celtic. Could have see the way I always saw it was like um, Kevin Thompson was the sort of brain and Scott Brown was the the sort of power in the body. And Kevin Thompson, because I, I saw there was a game at Parkhead and it was um, Hibs versus Celtic, and they absolutely dominated dominated us in midfield. And it was Kevin Thompson just literally telling giving feeding perfect balls through to Brown and telling him when to run and telling him and I'm not saying that Scott Brown was young he's matured he's became a lot more uh, on the pitch intelligent he reads the game a lot better now than he did then but at that point he had someone guiding him and uh, yeah terrific what are your thoughts as you know someone who's maybe came into seeing Celtic up close and personal well, since obviously the dial sort of years um, how have you rated Brown over the last maybe three or four years Scott Brown is quite a, a schizophrenic player in that sense because he's he's not bad on the pitch. He's in, in terms of if you just strip it down to what he does on the pitch. I think he's he's still obviously one of the best midfielders in Scotland. Um, he's obviously had to change his game a lot this season, uh, or Rogers changes it for him, uh, or at least crystallized his role a lot more, where he, he is the deepest man of those three in midfield. He's supposed to, you know, kind of sit there, you know, break up plays, you know, be a part of the start of the attack rather than bump forward as much as he's done before. And and you can look at what he does specifically on the pitch and say, yeah, he's that's good. It's not. He's not a fantastic player on the pitch. Where he is a fantastic person is is the role he has and and the influence he has on other players. Out with what he does on the pitch, and that's I'm convinced that's why he's still on the team. He's he's good enough to be in the team, but you could probably go out and get somebody who is better at doing what Scott Brown does specifically on the pitch. But you'd lose so much more if you remove them from that. So I think he's just for every single season now he just becomes 
the club more and more and personifies the club more and more and more. And there's a couple of dark patches there, as Bout says. He has gone missing sometimes. He has the odd, even just a couple of weeks ago against Ross County, you know, <laughs> that was a stupid tackle. It was a yellow or red. He gave the referee the choice. So that is, that Scott Brown is still in there, but he, he's, he's, he's a lot more bottled and, you know, crystallizing to what he needs to do. And it, it's obviously when, you know, you hear about people in the club and around the club, he is, he is the club now. And he's such a driving force and he's such a, just a force of nature now um, in terms of what he is outside the club. So yeah, he's, he's kind of built his own myth and and it's it's always a, a self fulfilling one that he is Scott Brown. He's you know, sometimes you think he goes out and he plays Scott Brown. You know the image of Scott Brown, like the things he does in Ibrox and all that, yeah, Ibrox and everything like that. Because he just keeps it on the right side now. So he's I think with experience he's used to um, use the image of Scott Brown to his advantage. Uh, and you know as I said. It's the old, old slip up again, but I, I think he's, he's it, I've been really impressed in how he's actually managed to continue his career in Celtic after the last, especially after the last season where he looked dead in the water in terms of his actual performances on the pitch. Yeah, <clears throat> when he first signed, um, I think we were um, expecting a a different type of player than what we got. He developed into, he went through a period of just being really athletic, being... Um, not maybe Strachan, I think, didn't really know where his best position was. Because like, I remember, Chris, we were at a... Uh, when they, we were in the Champions League, uh, they played him just off the striker at certain points. And to play him so... To think about Scott Brown playing that high up now, he, he played well. Um, but it was only really towards, you know, the last sort of four or five years where... Obviously, under Dial in his first season, Brown played well played well, I think everyone played well, started to click last season was just I think we all agreed that he, he was so far behind what, where he was that we just thought he was finished but this season I personally if you look at player of the year in Scotland now Brendan Rodgers said how can Scott Brown not be nominated he's the best and most influential player in Scotland is that true Chris? I think it is and to a degree I disagree a little bit with what Christian was saying he, he, he doesn't do you're, you're right in that he does things simply but he shows for the ball and he's there all of the time he's there for the players not just in a um, a leader or a captain that supports him and physically he's there to take the pass and then yeah. makes a simple pass um, and what I would say you, obviously last season or at least the, the later half of last season he looked poor other than that over the last several years when Scott Brown's out, whether it's due to injury or suspension, um, you you notice it. It's it's tangible that the team just aren't what what they could be or um, as good as they are um, because Scott Brown isn't there to help everyone else along. And I, what can I say, Scott? I'm Chris. Um, I mean, as, as I said, the development of uh, how you know how he reads the game and his awareness to show and to guide. You know, I, I think I saw um, when Tierney was first in, in in the team. You know, he helped and he guided Tierney through certain games, and you know he was always there for them, always always ready. But back to that point about um, uh, best player in Scotland. Do you agree with Rogers when he says that Brown is the most um, uh, influential? I think it's it, yeah. I think it's a very good case for saying he's the most influential player. He's not the best player, but then again, depends what. You know, criteria you put in terms of determining who's player of the year. Is it the most skillful one? Is it the most talented one? Is the one who's produced maybe usually most offensively? Yeah, 
I think it's you know, Sinclair, Dembele. It's Michael Lustig. <laughs> Obviously. Correct. Uh, but in terms of something that is less, it's more difficult to, you know, less tangible, the influence and the, you know, the, the motivation and the leadership, those things are a hard more, much more harder to quantify and, and I think in terms of that Scott Brown this year has been yeah it's enormous as, as you know has been his, his forte over the last few years as well it is interesting I mean as I said in the supplement um, thanks Chris um, Matt Reen um, I always get Matt's last name wrong when I, when I say it on the pod but it's, it's it rhymes with the with the river in Europe, um, the, the Rhine. Rhine, Matt Rhine, um, make it Rhine, make, make, make it, make it Matt. Uh, Matt has got an article in the supplement out on Saturday, um, where myself and Matt, we we get access from from Strata now, which is is access to data that isn't publicly available in Scotland or anywhere else. I think at the moment, um, what that kind of data gives us is it, it shows you every, for example, for Celtic, every attempt to at go. It shows you who had the pass that led to that attempt to goal. It also shows you who has the pass before that. So you can imagine if you have a you know an assist, and then you have maybe you can call a secondary assist or the pre-assist. In terms of um, if you then put that into you know our expected goals, expected assist, expected secondary assist, uh, I'm kind of revealing the whole Matt's article here now. But Scott Brown is top of the league. So if if so that kind of shows you that. Even though it's not as, you know, you know, obvious that he's influencing in terms of assists or goals or setting up shots. Actually, take a couple of steps back in Celtic's attack. Scott Brown's the best in the league. Yeah. In, in terms of that, so so have a read of uh, Matt's article, even though I kind of summarized it there uh, on Saturday, and to actually see the numbers and y- you do have numbers this year. To, you can prove actually Scott Brown's influence on Celtic's attack as well um, yeah absolutely I mean I think that that goes to show that you know he's doing his job consistently um, winning the ball um, taking the ball from the defenders um, when he drops deep and releases the guy who then sets yeah. up a chance that's what you want you just want the guy in midfield to give the ball to the creative players to you know do the job do the work um, highlights from a Scott Brown perspective um, still for me it comes down to the Diouf um, just because I watched that recently, and um, the actual goal itself, the actual technique to finish, um, is is phenomenal. Down to ten men, does that, and <clears throat> you can look back at you know what you know that, that Duff guy was a fucking nothing when it came to influence in terms of a player. Just a horrible, horrible person. Yeah, you, you saw him at Liverpool. I'm sure, like what a, he's just a shite player, frankly. Um, how he got African Player of the Year, I don't know. Um, but what are you going to say? No, he had, he had a good. Two weeks at Liverpool, um, yeah. just coming off a really good World Cup, and that, that was basically all he did his career. But um, just for for Brown to absolutely dominate him, and then to dominate Joey Barton, didn't even die, didn't get, didn't break a sweat against Joey Barton. That was a beautiful thing about it. Um, but so Scott Brown, what are your Scott Brown highlights? Uh, tweet us at ninety minutes and I can let us know. And to get Matt's article, check ninety minutes in it dot com for the latest uh, release of the supplement. Uh, so. Talking about a game where Scott Brown wasn't involved, Aberdeen won Celtic three. Uh, Chris, your thoughts on that game? Aye, uh, it's a bit of a funny one, wasn't it? Uh, great start, absolutely smashed them, and it's a good thing that we did because after that, I feel Aberdeen were probably what you'd call the dominant side for most of the game. After that, they were the ones that were trying anyway. Um, you think? Yeah, well, I wouldn't say the uh, dominance may be the wrong word. They Competitive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, they gave us a game. It was, 
it was probably the toughest game we've had domestically all season, which looking at a three one scoreline um might not jump out as as is the, the fact. But you know, Aberdeen gave us a really difficult game. Is how much they put that? Yeah. Um, um who who stood out from an Aberdeen perspective <coughs> for you? Well the goal from Hayes was just silly. Um I thought I thought Johnny Hayes was probably the best Aberdeen player on the park and potentially the best player on the park. I thought he'd more influence than anyone else uh, from an Aberdeen perspective and yeah, probably from a from a from a more overall perspective. I thought Celtic played well. I thought yeah. we, we I mean that's because Scott Brown wasn't playing obviously the influence factor. But um Yeah, he, he was he was great. I'm just trying to think if there was anyone that I think was better. No, you're probably right. To be honest, I, I thought I thought he kind of he, he stood out. What about you? Did you see the game, Christian? Yeah, I, I, I did. And I, I, I just speaking up on that thread, I think obviously <laughs> I think there was one journalist who had Johnny Hayes his player of the season, which is ridiculous. But I don't think his inclusion in a, in a player of the year shortlist is that ridiculous. No. Yeah, you can make a case of that. You could be ten Celtic players in there, but he, his. His season, his, his numbers are phenomenal, uh, and also more than a number, more than a number as well. Um, but also, he's he's there's so many. I've seen quite a few clips where he's setting up really good chances in Aberdeen, and they're just fluffing it as well. So yeah, I, I think he's had a, a really good season. His his uh, and you know, it, fair enough. He's, there was talk about him leaving in the winter break uh, and so on. I think somebody like Johnny Hayes leaving Aberdeen. We can be quite a big blow to them because you know the, the Aberdeen's a team who's settled. Um, you know they've had the same manager, the same style. They do what they do quite effectively, uh, but you're also going to struggle to somebody who can recreate what Johnny Hayes can do for for the money they have and to bring somebody in. I, I think that'll take a long time to get somebody in and bed them in. So they need to do everything they can to get hold of him because I think he's a lot more important than maybe you think for Aberdeen no. um, I mean in terms of, in terms of the game I mean you, you've every almost every week this season you, you've kind of thought yourself this is at some point Celtic's got a stumble at some point you know they won score in a game at some point they'll, they'll lose a little bit of focus and a little bit of concentration it just hasn't happened and it's it's you know and that game there was probably the main obstacle for being a, a beaten season and you think okay Aberdeen coming off two, three home defeats, they're not going to, you know, cave again. And then for Celtic to come out and just basically the match is over within 13, 14 minutes. Um, it's it, it's so impressive by Celtic to have kept that concentration and kept that focus and kept that drive and, and just no slips up, slip ups um, the whole season. Uh, and I think once it's three 0 within that short of time. The game changes, and with Aberdeen getting one back as well, Celtic probably thought, "Okay, we'll just, we'll just, you know, we'll just, we'll just control it." I mean, and it, and and yeah, Aberdeen were, you know, they had the domination and stuff. Had it been one 0 had they dominated the game in the same way? I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. So I, I think the game is obviously influenced by those three, four really early goals. So I think, I don't think it's a game you can take much from in terms of. The, the relationship in power between Aberdeen and Celtic at the moment, although not that Celtic is obviously better, uh, but in terms of the cup final, uh, be a different game. Yeah, and I think Aberdeen probably goes out and say, "Yeah, we lost three one, but actually, you know, we got a good chance of the, you know, cup final here." Um, you know, we, we kept it close. I think that's a bit of a false. Uh, Don, yeah, I, I don't think you know when it comes to the really big occasions, Magnus's team have not showed up 
at all. So um, I, I, I don't think, you know, I, I, I think it would be the same story in the cup final. You know, you always talk about managing situations and managing, you know, goals and managing uh, parts of the pitch. Do you think about that um, we get 3 nil up, as Christian says, we get, we get three goals relatively quickly um, and then we just manage the game out? Or do you think Aberdeen deserve a little bit more? No, I think they do deserve credit because there, there was there was absolutely a degree of that. Um, but you know, with our games this season, where obviously we've scored substantially more, we've went to three goals and we've just kept on going. Um, so I think I don't think you can take away from Aberdeen's performance. I think they played once they went three 0 down, which is not what you want to hear. But um, they 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 played really well. Um, I, I think. But it's quite easy to play well at 3 0 down though. <laughs> and if if they got the second goal, uh, even the third goal, I, I think Celtic always would have had a gear that they could have pulled out. Um, I think Stockley's chance at the back post when the ball comes across to make it 3 2. I think if that goes in, uh, Celtic then really need to either kind of completely change how they're playing, or just wake up, um, I guess, or go up a gear. Um, because that chance that Stockley had was. If that's Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney. If that's Adam Rooney, is that a goal, about? Probably, yeah. You'd agree, probably a goal. Well, we, we, we can look at the expected goals from it. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, should probably a goal. <laughs> do you want to look at that thing? I'll do it later in the week. I don't have a date. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, but you know, it was uh, from just a couple of stats. Stats, stats. Paul McStat. Paul McStat. Um, that's a private joke between all of us. Thank you very much. Not anymore. <laughs> um, Possession-wise, we had 53% possession. Aberdeen had 47. They had more shots. Um, we had more on target. We had more on target. Uh, we had 12 shots and 8 of them were on target. They had 13 shots, but only 3 of them were on target, which obviously includes the goal as well. Um, corners, they had 10. 10 corners. Holy that, shit. Yeah. Um, Surprised the 20-minute Tims as well. Did it? Oh, right. Yeah, they were talking stats. Oh, talking stats, yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Bunch of VLs. <laughs> good, for, good for them. Um... Corner-wise, uh, we had four, um, and from a foul point of view, sixteen to ten. Do you think that um, Griffith's goal was? Uh, would you be positive for I him? It was. Uh, it was stunning. A lot of people are saying the keeper should have done better. And yeah, to a degree, it goes through him. But I think a the fact that you just don't see it coming. The dip at the and end. Then, yep, the dip, the power. It was. Christian might have saved it. That's the kind of level of keeper we're talking about. Maybe but look, I'm, I'm on the wage now for you. I actually told so. someone, um, not it wasn't a lie. I thought it was the truth that you played under twenty one from Norway. So no, that didn't happen, did it? But feel free to tell people that. Right, yeah. okay, but that didn't happen. No, I, I'm completely making that up. Yes, yeah. right, okay, well, I did play for the best Norwegian under nineteen team. In was that shite as well? <laughs> there was shite as well. <laughs> it's a cracker. Shite was not shite at all at that time. Uh, um, yeah, pretty good. Um, from the goal, um, sorry, from the corner. Oh, can you get a point? We have more stats if you want them. Not really. So, so Matt River in Europe um, did the, his expected goals stats uh, based on the you know a very rough one. He had um, 1.72 expected goals for Celtic, 1.56 for Aberdeen. So again, very close. Would it can you, and I'm not being a douche. Can you just talk, explain that to us? One point seven pair. So, in terms of the shots and attempts made by each team, on you know the, the probability, right? So they yeah they had four shots and three of them were on. No, basically you, you're you about <laughs> shaking your head. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. It's, it's okay. I'm oh, trying oh, to. I'm trying no, to. No, no. It's it's. I mean it's. 
it's it's a lot more simple than people make it sound like spectacles it's basically based on the quality of the chances that Aberdeen and Celtic had and if you apply that to say this big database of numbers taken or shots taken before from roughly the same conditions and locations you can expect on average 1.72 goals for Celtic obviously you can't score 0.72 yet. That might come under some new FIFA rule in in the future. But yeah, essentially, you say it's 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 it's, it's a way of you know quantifying how good the chances were. Yeah. Uh, so you raised a good point earlier when you said Johnny Hayes. Here's the thing, Johnny Hayes. If Johnny Hayes good enough for Celtic, he wouldn't get enough for his team. I was thinking about that. Can I come in here just for <laughs> the Aberdeen team at all? <coughs> Who would we take? Shinny. Um, Shinny. Yes, although he wouldn't. Replacing KG, no, I, we're, we're, I think we're in all honesty, we're talking about squads. Yeah, That's if you it. have I a squad of 25, Hayes yeah. would take GMS place. Yeah, so I'd have Hayes in the squad. He's again, he's not a first oh. teamer. Shinny's in the squad. I think Johnny Hayes is more, um, has more influence on a game than I might get pelters here, but Forrest. I think potentially, if you look at what Johnny Hayes does in a game. Um, if you put Forrest in Johnny Hayes' position, as in playing for Aberdeen, I don't think he shines as brightly as Johnny Hayes does. That's, you know, I, th- I like Forrest. Uh, maybe Forrest maybe is not, turned- but right now, Forrest is technically behind Roberts anyway. Yeah, no, that's my point, though. So, but, like, when you said... Yeah. My, my, point, my point about Hayes is, and Christian made the point that he's creating chances that aren't being taken. If he had the freedom and the space to play Celtic and he had the opportunity to f- force someone like Griffiths running off of them or Dembele he would get more assists because he's playing at a higher level. I think that works the other way as well, though. I mean, you look at McGinn. He didn't, didn't make it Celtic. Fair play to him. He's there McGinn, now McGinn and he's doing still, really well. McGinn is still really inconsistent with Aberdeen as well, though. But I think if you put Forrest in the Aberdeen team, I think he's a star. I'm not saying, no, I'm, see, I'm not saying he's not a star because Forrest is... Forrest, yeah, he, any Forrest t- plays at his best. He's phenomenal. But any, any team in Scotland, Forrest play. Um, Forrest is probably their best player, right? There's no doubt about it. I'm just saying, having an influence on the game. Johnny Hayes controlled that game against us. Um, a, a lot of the way, a lot of the reason for that is it to three one pal. I know a lot of the reason for that is um, because yep. Celtic maybe Matt let him. Don's fan. Yeah, big, <laughs> fuck up. About fuck up. I wish I get sheep pal. Right. But the thing is, uh, Cel- as you know, Celtic managing the game and maybe not pressing them as much as they needed to. Scott Brown not being there. I'm not saying Johnny Hayes would get in our first team. He wouldn't. But I think he would be more of an influence because he's that sort of creative winger. The way that maybe James Forrest is an old fashioned get the byline and try and cross the ball. In. Yeah. The only thing I would say Forrest is, must be about five or six years younger than Hayes as well. So it's yeah. It's obviously like just a hypothetical pitch question because yeah. Celtic's not going to buy Johnny Hayes no not at all especially yes his quality but also his age yeah so. no I mean, I'm not, not, if anything it's just to say you know Johnny Hayes is a good player and I do think I don't think he'll be Aberdeen next season but then again I also don't think Derek McInnes will be Aberdeen next season McGinn's pretty much made his mind up that he's leaving Ross Jack and um, Jack Ross is it Jack Ross Jack Ryan Jack Ryan Jack I keep calling him Ross just um, random first names yeah yeah Ryan Jack again uh, has all the attributes to be good, but at twenty five, he's not done enough, and he's still a little bit inconsistent. I, th- I think it's quite obvious from McGinnis's press conference the other day where he wants to be next season because that was the most blatant. Like, talk uh, me through. Talk me through that. Well, he was basically having a um, 
a go at uh, Pedro Pedro C, um, saying he was talking too much. But it's just the way he, and he's, he's like, you know, it's just the way he was going. Oh, you know, at, at ranges, you know, you shouldn't be happy be being sick, and you should be, you know, your goal is to finish above Celtic. You know, it's basically just a party line, and he obviously is desperate for that job. And that was as uh, you know obvious job application as as you can get for for McInnes. And he's obviously he's like felt you know, you know, I've taken everybody in here. Um, so far, you know, look what I've done. You know, I deserve a chance to come in and, and, and be the ranchers manager, and, and that's the job he wants. Do you honestly think that's what you say? And I'm not. I'm just. Yeah. You, you 100%. think he was saying that um, he's no good enough, and I'm better. Or do you not yeah. think it was just a reaction to what Cashinha said, where he basically said the Aberdeen um, sort of uh, being their a cycle. Their yeah. cycle, yeah. The Aberdeen cycle has is coming to an end, and. It's now time for Celtic, you know, Rangers to kind of step place. Do you think he was react? Do you honestly think he was saying, "I want to be the Rangers manager," or do you think it was just a reaction? Or is it both? Well, no, could, could both, both things. Yeah, I, th- I think it is both. It's obviously, you know, he sees Pedro as somebody he can easily have a pop at. Uh, you know, if, if Rogers had said the same thing, he, he would have he wouldn't have said the same thing about Brendan Rogers. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I think he's, he's desperate for that job. He's probably annoyed that. Pedro got it and he, he he wasn't approached so you think he was maybe hoping Warburton would hold out to the season and then he could yeah, yeah slip uh, into that that's the job he wants and, and yeah. I and, and <coughs> I, I've talked a lot of my goodness a lot on this pod and I you know he's you can't you have to give a credit for where Aberdeen now is now compared to where they were but also Aberdeen is the third I'd say the third biggest club in the country you know Hodge maybe uh, up there as well but they have the third biggest budget, and yes, they they should finish second or third. They should be going far in all the competitions, and and he's done absolutely nothing in Europe. And he's, he's he sets his team up to to do one thing and to get that position in the league. And you know he's a good manager, but does he has what it takes to succeed in a club like Rangers or Celtic? I I I've seen. I'd, I'd love Celtic to sign him. I, I, sorry, sorry, I love Rangers to. To, to to hire him because I don't think he'll be a success at all in Rangers. Yeah, I, well, I I agree. It did sound like a job application. I didn't hear what um, Kashinya Kashinya had said before. You you kind of told me just before we we, we recorded. Um, I kind of agree with what he said. You know, Rangers have the second best, biggest budget. Um, to be fair, you know, they're, um, well, they're shite. But uh, he didn't. Warburton didn't have a lot to build on. Um, McInnes, I don't. I think he's a decent manager. I think the strength, and I've said it before, it because I don't know if it's him or someone else at the club. It's recruitment for Aberdeen. They brought in a lot of very good players. Not good the they've had, um, but I don't think he's necessarily great tactically um, or as a manager. Obviously, it's. Um, I think he's very, very limited. I think he's a guy who can, you know, g up a score. I think you know if you look at if you look at Lennon and you look at McInnes, is there that much of a difference between them? He's, he's, he's a bit of Tony Pulis about him. <laughs> you know, he'll, he'll come in and he, he does what he does well, Gio but you wouldn't put Pulis in, in charge of a top 7-8 uh, you know, like, club. You know, like the game against Rangers when he, um, he changed, changed, you know, start the second half, he changed it to back three and then he changes it, but no, the semi-final, sorry, against Hibs, changes, changes it to back three, Hibs score, and then he changes it to back four again. Like, 
that to me is someone who's like, oh fuck, I don't really. And, if I play, if I have a back three, then I'll have more in midfield, and therefore I can cross. Oh, they've broke through because their wingers are you know faster than our full um, wing backs. But if you're talking about him for Sevco, he has um, he, he's better than most of the managers they've had in their their short history. He's better than Alan McCoyst. Yep, Stuart McCall. Yeah, I'd say Stuart McCall. I don't know if he's better than Warburton. I honestly don't think Maybe so. Maybe not. And Kish- but I don't think much of Kishinia, but it'll be f- fair to him. We don't know a huge amount about him. Lennon gave him, had a pop at him today, called him Bang Average. <laughs> yeah, well, t- take, one's, take one to no one. But Ooh! Uh, Aye, probably. Uh, we've got... Here's, sorry, just back to the actual kind of uh, the game, the actual football. It'll be fun next season, though, with Hibs back. I think that'll be... Um, All right, let me... Uh, in yeah. fact, you know what? Before we get back to the game, Neil Lennon has basically come out and said that the only people who are going to stop Hibs next season are Celtic. Yeah. And uh, basically, we he's going to... He, they're aiming for second. Let me Is, jump. Do you let, like that? Do you not like that? Let me jump in here. Hibernian is not going to finish second next season. Period. Why not? Because I... Cause. Honestly, because um, I, I well, I'm not you know I, to prefer. I haven't seen much of them this season, but their season in the championship uh, this season is not you know, two seasons. Can, uh, two seasons. I mean, but compared to you know what Hearts in terms of the the Hearts team that got promoted, uh, even the Rangers team that got promoted, they both got far more points in stronger leagues than this Hibs team. And he's filling that team with players who are has names, but whose whose best days are well behind them. And then, you know, it's it's to think you can go and, and you know dominate in, in a league with bringing in players now like Mulgrew and Stokes and Cummins, who's one or two, three years slower. And you know, it's it's I, I you know unless that squad and team changes fundamentally. I don't think they're anywhere near second. They'll be top. I'm pretty sure they will be top five, uh, at least top six. But you know, they're not going to be. I don't think they'll be second place next year. Um, obviously, they they are the champions of the championship. Um, eleven points. They finished eleven points ahead of Falkirk, um, in second. They also they only lost three times. It's not bad. Um, against two. What I mean. what's your take on that bound in terms of uh, you know Lennon coming out with a bit of Vim and Vinegar saying, you know, we're going to fuck it, we're going to go for it. Because I personally, I fucking, why not? Good for you. I, I, know, I know what you're no, saying. No, no, no. I mean, I mean f- fair play to him to go out and say it. And, and that's probably part of why he's, he's, he's doing that's Neil and that's why he does. It's not going to happen. Uh, yeah. I mean, my first thought is, yeah, fair play to you on you go. But uh, when Rangers did it, you just thought, you're clowns. You know, you're not going to finish first or second. What are you. What are you talking about? And that's played out as we all expected. Um, but you know, G's up the fans. Um, you know what they'll have? They'll have a stab at it. But yeah, when you think about Hearts, Rangers, Aberdeen, it'll be hard for Hibs to get above them. Um, also, one thing that might, if I was a Hibs fan, might be concerned about if he's bringing in all of these ex-Celtic players. If he does do that, just financially. Are they setting themselves up for a fall? Because I don't see them getting those players cheaply. Yeah, Charlie Mulgrew um, is on. Charlie Mulgrew is only a, like a rumor that I, I don't know if people were maybe putting two to t- two, two and two together with. Uh, I think he did an interview where he basically says, you know, at some point he wants to go up the road. It's not necessarily now. Blackburn have been relegated though, 
so he might see it as well I don't want to play in League 1 if I'm still there or thereabouts in the Scotland squad so either I move to the back up to the Championship or back up the road I don't you know Mulgrew could end up back up back at Aberdeen um, who could I don't think anybody can really afford to pay anyone three grand a week four grand a week so I don't think that's that's without anyone, anyone dream it but certainly a commons if you turn around to him and you say uh, we'll put you through your badges you'll become a coach you'll you know coach the under 21s or coach the under I think that would probably appeal to commons he doesn't have to uproot his family you know I know his wife's very settled here his family's very settled here um, and as much as I, I joke and all that like I think he would be a massive asset to Hibs if they could get him I don't think commons even has to be fully fit to be successful at Hibs I think he can come on and do a twenty-minute cameo. He can start, play sixty minutes, and then then off. Um, but I, as you say, uh, from from that perspective of uh, a monetary point of view, I don't I don't know how they can they can kind of afford it. But back to because um, we we've got, we can touch on some other points. Lee Griffiths' contribution recently um, has been excellent. I was looking at stuff that Matt um, Ryan. River in Europe, Matt. We'll call him River in Europe. Um, I was I was looking at uh, what the noob, <laughs> the, the noob. Um, no, I was looking at what Matt was. Uh, he was mentioning about Lee Griffith's contribution, um, and how he's since the bellies went out, he's made himself. Um, he's a lot of assists. He does that co- that corner now where he takes the corner yeah. and Boyata boom. So he's got like something like four or five assists in the last couple of games, as well as he's he's still scoring. Wait, even and even even expected assists, you know, it goes beyond that. But yeah, no, <laughs> is he getting expected assists? Oh, is it's, he getting it's, second level assists? Well, we we haven't quite settled on a name for it. It's pre-assist, secondary assist. I'll put it out there. What what, what makes more sense? Call like, the assist before the secondary. Assist. Pre pre assist like just makes me think of pre ejaculate, and that's not. I don't know. If you want to put expected goals, expected assist, and expected demoralizing <laughs> together to, for, for one stat, you get X gap. Or if you put S, you get X gas, which doesn't sound like mm. it. So it's these kind of things for so uh, stat notes. So I'll keep that to yourself, would you? But Jesus Christ. If, keep if, that if, down if you got Games Workshop, please. League Griffiths, <laughs> League Griffiths attacking numbers are the best in the league. Do you the, have them there? Uh, no, I don't have them here. But you can in, read the in supplement. Terms of those. Sorry, no, I'm not. Check nightmatchsonet.com. But if you, if you go and check out Matt, Matt uh, River in Europe's uh, Twitter handle, uh, the Backpass Rule, he, he's got everything on there and you can you can, you can tweet them because it's not that busy at work, so he'll just do it. <laughs> uh, he is busy. Yeah, okay, if his employer listens. <laughs> I know he's in Cle- Cleveland, but still. Some hospital in Cleveland. That's fine. Um, but no, he's, he's obviously he has a smaller sample than, than some, but he's, he's still got like 12 full games now in the league. Uh, I think even more than that, maybe 14, 15. And his, his numbers are phenomenal. Phenomenal. Why can't I say that today, Bald? I said it perfectly before the pod. Pod. It's Constitution Day. I'm just a bit off the rails. But we know that League of is an amazing attacking force in the Scottish, you know, uh, league. That, that's not a surprise. And especially not on this team. You know, he scored 40 times in 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 the whole season last season in a team that wasn't as good if it started all the games this season he probably would have had more than that I don't think that's the question with Lee Griffiths is he somebody who can bring Celtic to the next level uh, in Europe because there's no point starting him in the league if he's not the man who's going to do it in Europe because essentially 
that's what where Celtic wants to be was to want to do. And we saw that this season. You, they had a better front man, more suited for Europe, more suited for you know the modern game, if you want to call that the modern attacking shape. Um, where Lee Griffiths is, is still too convinced in Europe. So you're kind of just having the same question about Lee Griffiths. Yeah, he's amazing in the, in, in, in the league. That doesn't mean the team should be shaped around it or he, he has to be in the team. I don't think it does. But can, see, one thing, I, I get your point, but see, at the same time, it's a bit it's a bit tough to say that he's not ready for Europe or he's not good enough for Europe when he's not really had a, a shot at it because the, he missed out the entire Champions League group stage. He never got that opportunity. If Lee Griffiths, I'm not saying that if Lee Griffiths is playing that we would have won, got any more points or we would have won more. What I'm saying is I, I do feel it's a bit unfair to say that he's not good enough because I think given the right circumstances, given the right team set up, he's perfect, for example, away from home in Europe. It's not us saying that. It's, it's always like Ben Rogers. Yeah, as you know, looked at that and, and taken that. Although in, in in you know the in the qualifying stages, he did experiment with a three five two to actually bring both of them in. But I think that's because Dembele wasn't the Dembele we know yet either. Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying he he can he can come in against City at home and, and score a couple of goals. I don't think that's he, he could do that. But I think overall, that's obviously where several managers has their you know they're not quite sure about him in, in terms of that because if Rogers said. You know he can do it in Europe. He'll smash him in Europe. He'd be the first choice striker, but he's not. He brought in Dembele, and he played Dembele uh, above Griffiths. So, but that would—I mean, let, let's be fair. That was due to the fact maybe maybe he planned to play him in the Champions League ahead of Griffiths. Fair enough. But the reason he didn't play Griffiths was because Griffiths was injured. No, that's not the only reason. Maybe maybe he had that ideal in his head from the get go that Dembele's the guy, but. You know, I, I do feel you're being a wee bit harsh on Griffiths, to be honest, because I think Griffiths offers a lot more than just SPL goals. Because he scored goals in the qualifiers, and I don't care what you say in terms of it's not the level of the highest echelon of European mm-hmm. football, but we're never really going to get a striker that's going to be... I know, I, I know we've got Dembele, but Dembele is like a fucking um, diamond in the rough. But if Dembele went to summer, do you think Rogers would go Lee Griffiths? Lead striker. We're bringing somebody else, but I'm going to go with you, Champions League. No, I so don't. no. So there's, there's your answer. I know. I know. Shut up. <laughs> My dad likes him, all right? Go. No, um, you're you're right. The other thing I'd mention about just his recent run as well. He's done the fact he's kind of it's not entirely came out of the co- came in out of the cold, but he's been able to take up that mantle quickly. There ha- there wasn't a, a big period of oh my god we don't have a striker he was there he was ready and he he's been doing the business um which is fantastic no, I mean, don't get me wrong if, if Lee Griffiths was to go it'd be a big gap in the squad and i think you know celtic do rely on him they just don't rely on him to be your number one striker yeah um just a couple of points about griffiths uh 22 in the league 22 starts 10 goals or 10 not not, not necessarily starts 22 games in the league 10 goals nine assists so, um, so a goal again. 116 minutes per goal, um, and it's, uh, what's this one? There's another stat, I don't know what it means. In <laughs> 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 um, the Champions League qualification, he had six games and he scored five um, with one assist, which... Can I can argue with that? Um, Champions League itself, he made three fleeting appearances, um, didn't get any chances. Um, so, I mean, his, his scoring record is, is terrific, but the fact that um, I do feel he's kind of 
pulled his socks up in terms of you know, really knuckling down and becoming that well, sort of athlete that we all want him to there be. Was, there was a point in the season where Rodgers kind of had a go with him and said, you know, Ligrifus can be phenomenal. <laughs> that you, word I can say. Can I say that word at all? He can be great. But pure good. He's, he's always said that Rodgers, you know, doesn't um, is not convinced that he apply himself and he try as hard as he could, and and you know it's obviously you know we had the whole Boyata thing where he was out for six months and Rogers just loved his attitude, loved the, the work he was putting in, and he just put him into the team and he's, he's probably one of the first players picked every week now Boyata. So there's room for Griffiths to do that. I think what you kind of hear, you know, around the club and coming out of the club that he just you know. His, his head isn't maybe 100% screwed the right way in terms of putting in all the work necessary to maybe take that next level. Maybe it's just the kind of guy who's... That's how he thrives. You know, he he goes on, he does his sessions, that's it, he go home and he doesn't think about it and he's just a natural goal scorer. Mm-hmm. And maybe if... if maybe in a weird way, if, if he tried to change his game too much, if he tried to overthink it and do more... Maybe he wouldn't be as good as he is now, ironically. But I think it's, you know, could he come in a couple of games in Champions League and do really well? Yeah. But I think there's also a reason why Rodgers is not, doesn't have him as his, his first choice. And also that he's, you know, he's kind of implied that, you know, his attitude is maybe not 100%. Um, question from uh, McQuaid at McQuaidy. This is for Bowd. Is Griff a replacement for Paddy? No, no, he's not. Um, he's been doing really well, taking the corners as well. That's one thing that um, you know, Brendan. He's obviously having to earn the respect because he's, yeah. you know, he's he's getting there. Uh, but he, he said in an interview, "I don't like strikers taking a corner." But yeah. instantly, I, that was me. Um, That's me sold. When I was watching the Aberdeen game, just as Griffiths went up, I literally said to my dad, "See strikers taking a corner. Corners, a lot of pish. Henri used to do it. <sighs> what a lot of shite goal. So you can't really. What about that, Griff? Is he a uh, a replacement for Paddy? No. Not for you. No. Um, but that's just on Griff as well. I think we'll struggle to... If we're talking about, we'd, you know, we've got Dembele, who would be your first-choice striker right now. Um, I think we'd struggle to get a second-choice striker as good as Griffiths. Um, Somebody that's not playing every week, not considered a first-choice striker, and is happy to come in and do the job like Griffiths is doing. It's it's a good point. Um, it's it's tough keeping a squad happy. Rotation will get you so far, but we have been pretty consistent since January. It's pretty much been Boyata and another, and then since probably March, it's been Boyata and Simunovic. Um, Eric Svechenko seems to be completely on the outs. What do you think about that? Yeah, you think it's the right call, Svechenko being dropped? Do you think that th- those two, Simunovic uh, and Boyata, are the right call? Yeah, I mean, it's been a weird one with Eric because he seemed to be the first choice, Rogers' first choice when he came in. It is maybe a bit telling the more and more Rogers has seen of him, the less, the, the less he trusts him, really. Um, you just, you're just kind of reluctant to to write anybody in, in Celtic off now in terms of because of what Rogers has done with certain players, you know, Armstrong, McGregor, Boyata. Um, but it is I mean with with Eric though it's a little bit different because he had so much game time and it's almost like you know the, the, the phrase I said last, last week about last year about like Armstrong is if you play him and he's not good enough then he'll show that he's not good enough and you'll drop like give them enough rope to hang themselves with sort of thing and I think that's what's happened with Eric I think Eric has people love him 
but not necessarily for his footballing ability. Um, I, I think he's an honest. Right. I think he's an honest, decent professional. He says all the right things. He's terrific on social media. He looks hip. Issues with the hair, certainly. But the fact is, big games say, seem to get the better of him. Bruce mentioned glad back at home. Rangers at Ibrooks. Um, the other Rangers game in the semi-final. Um, I think was it Manchester City gave the ball away a couple of times. No, don't get me wrong. People make mistakes, but he's consistently making mistakes in big games, and it's not necessarily the quality of opposition, it's the pressure. I think when it comes to pressure, Eric maybe gets caught in the headlights a little bit, and that's something I don't think you can coach out of somebody. Am I being harsh, Chris? You're being harsh, there's a, there's a certain oh, element. Fuck up, no I'm not. There's an element of truth to what you're saying, um, but... <laughs> Couldn't they just agree with me? It has to... It has to yeah, put you down, put you yeah. in your place. Fair enough. You're the Rangers to my Celtic. Um, Rangers are deep, mate. Good, good that you know your place. <laughs> now, I, uh, Eric, I'm, I'm happy for him to be uh, part of the Celtic squad. As you say, we, if if we want to do it in the Champions League group stages, either he would need to improve, or um, he would be purely kind of backup in the squad for centre back, as opposed to. D- there is another Scandinavian centre half on Celtic's books that could could be a part of the squad next season instead of Eric. So. Um, okay, now this was a really interesting point because I have seen Ayer. Am I saying that right? <laughs> Not really, but it's fine. I've, I've seen, pronounced I've shite. seen What's his first? <laughs> I've seen shite. Chris, Christoph. Christoph without Ayer. Christopher. I've seen this. That's it. that's the first problem right there. <laughs> Christoph. Yeah. Christoph. Get your case to Aye. Nail your fucking colours to the mast. If you're a Christopher, you're a Christopher and you're for a Christoph, yeah. you're a prick. Get um but no, like I've seen um Ayer maybe I think I've seen four Comarac games this year. Um and every time he has been cool under pressure like what we're talking about from an Eric point of view he's been cool under pressure his distribution with the ball has been pretty good um, bursting runs from defence bursting runs from defence his be- the, his biggest attribute I can see is his positioning his positioning is, has been excellent do you think Christian because you you maybe know a little bit more about him do you think he stays on loan for another year or do you just bring him in and throw him to the Lions in a way I think he himself is is very intent on going back uh, preseason and proving that he's 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 worthy of a role at least in the squad. But his his very short career is somebody he's he's just take every channel which you know head on. You know he was captain of his team at sixteen in Norway in the, in the top flight. Love that. Love what you have that. to remember is he's just turned nineteen. He's only played you know on a senior level at centre half <laughs> since he came to Kilmarnock. Yeah, essentially. Um, but he's always had. It, he's always said that he thought he'd end up at centre half because he wanted to play more forward, more attacking, to develop himself as a player. You know, specifically, you know, in terms of technically, and you're much more involved in the centre midfield. You're much more on the ball, and then maybe at this age, and obviously Rogers has seen the same thing. Take a step back and learn the role of a centre half. So I think he's only going to get better in terms of positioning uh, and understanding that role. He has every other attribute. His, his, his leadership attributes. His, his confidence. Yeah. Confidence in a good way, but he's 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 he's, he's, he's widely ambitious. And yeah, I think his his mindset is 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 incredible. And he, he he I I believe he thinks he can go in and, and play a part next season. I, I think he really enjoys it at Kilmarnock as well. You know, I, I think you know. Do you think do you think if um, Rogers turns around and says, "Right, son, another season," do you think he'll he'll just go okay, knock it down, get his head. 
Yeah, I mean, he 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 can't speak highly of Rodgers. Like he, he he says, you know, you expect to go up to a big club and, and come and have really good managers, but I think him and the rest of the squad has just been blown away by, by the level of coaching and, and the system that Rodgers bring around him. So I think I think he wants to have a proper going preseason. I think if you come to the end of August and he says, look, go out another year and, and come on, okay, I think even, it'll be fine. Yeah. Even six months. Yeah, but I, I think, you know, let's think if you look at the centre-halves the Celtic have, they're all... Sort of at the same level, and you maybe you also and Boyata, especially you also can take another step and become a really really good one. But I don't think there's there's not like there's like got, got, loads of players in front of me that is obviously better than him. I think he can come in and, and, and play a role next season. Right? Yeah, I've, I've again like yourself. I've not seen a huge amount of him, but what I've seen of late, um, the fact that as you said, he can he's, he's played most of his senior career um, in midfield probably holds him in good stead for Rodgers who likes his defenders to be able to actually pass a ball um, so he'll have that in his I don't know what he's in his locker that's just very and if cliched, you don't see, I, I put up a clip there was a clip on, on Daily Motion of him um, from, from the game in, uh, at the weekend um, there wasn't for some reason BBC Sports didn't you know um, they didn't have it in the highlights package but it's it's it's, it's a great example of what he can do because he intercepts a pass you know, quite close to his own penalty box, and he just like gallops all the way up to up the field. He basically dummies a, a defender and and puts in a lovely cross on the other side. Um, so that's the kind of thing he's, he's always willing to go and attack as well. So he's young; he's going to be a mistake. He's he's still learning that position, but you know, I, I'd be really interested to see what Rodgers can do with him in the team. What I find really interesting now, you both kind of said in his senior career. Um, he's played. Uh, you you said since he went to Kamarok, he's played centre half. That's that's fourteen games. So he's only played fourteen um, centre half fourteen games. Um, was he a defensive midfielder when he was um, in, at start? No, it, it was more of an attacking. A, yeah, either as a centre central midfielder, not sitting back. You know, he's usually part of a two or a three in midfield, and but he, uh, or even attacking. They also played him as a as a shadow striker at some point, obviously because of his of his height. So he's been more attacking side rather than defensive midfielder but he's kind of taking slow steps backwards uh, as well the older he gets but no he's you call him a, you know, a box to box more than a defensive one because he's had a season where he scored 12 goals yeah and that, that's the season he's probably more attacking uh, that I think was his not last season in Norway but the season before yeah, and it, yeah. It, yeah I mean he came in and in at the age of 17 he had that season so yeah we keep going back to uh, he scored a couple of cracking goals in for Norway under 18 and under 19 as well. yeah that's right yeah we saw, we saw them um, on, at uh, the same time you were there or yeah, I mean you, you would have you know it's, it's not the same kind of shite level that I was at but uh, I mean shite level is an actual thing in Norway isn't it <laughs> It's technically shied. Uh, shied. So there's a D there instead. Um, we keep coming, you know, like we are obviously the 90 minutes cynic, so we'll maybe take a more cynical view of, of what's happening at Celtic. But obviously, everything's hunky dory at the moment, but we keep coming back to our defence. Uh, and so that's why I year looking at a year, I think, give him a chance. A boyata scares the living daylights out of me sometimes. Yeah, he definitely had a mistake in him early in his career. He's looking good. He's still, still the odds. But that's, that's the problem when you're so far ahead of the rest of your your so league domestically is that you, you can't gauge. Yeah, you get, as in we can make these wee mistakes, and then when we play in the Champions League group stages, you make the same mistakes and you get punished for it. 
Whereas it doesn't always necessarily happen if we are playing. Even, even like in the group stages, even in the qualifying rounds, you, you get punished for some of those. Yeah, exactly. That's why you know I I think that's probably our our level of where we're really going to have to kind of think about how we can improve. Um, we've got a message, a question from Celtic Boy. This is for this is for both you guys. But we'll start with uh, Chris Bowd first. Will Celtic smash their transfer record fee for a player this summer? So our transfer record fee is six and a half million quid. Will we go higher? I, I think if um, I think if Brendan Rodgers finds a player um, that's above that and really wants him, I think that we will. I don't think Brendan Rodgers will just waste money. I think he's smart enough to, you know, if if the player's right. So he's not going to Tory Andrew Flo this bitch. No, no. If he finds a seven, eight, nine, ten million pounds player. Um, then he'll get the back and to go for him, I think. There won't be a £7 million player, though. There'll be a player who's valued at that. That's what you'll probably me. get Stefan Johansson for £7 million now. Well, they, they, they're, they're what, the championship player, <laughs> Stefan Johansson. Um, imagine how good he'd be under Brendan Rodgers, though. Bring the absolute best out of him. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to agree with Bowler. I, I think he's. I think you saw that in, in the winter transfer window as well, that he, he even you know, a little bit in the summer, like he wants, he'll have the you know, the ability to break the record if it's the right player, yeah. Uh, but again, it's, you know, <laughs> recruiting a Celtic is, 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 is a tricky one in terms of the players you can get and the players you do need. Um, but Wait. yeah, I, I think, I think, I think you'd, you'd pay seven, eight million for Patrick Roberts. I think um, there's been a couple of small signs that maybe that is a negotiation going on as well. Question for Pod from Chris Sermani. Does tonight's very attractive panel... Stunning. We also had a ticket to the gun show from Christian there. We also had some tickets to the gun show. He's just flexing. Flexing. Um, Does tonight's very attractive panel think Paddy will return after the initial part of pre-season. So maybe he goes back down, um, discusses, you know, what the kind of, what, what people, what Man City are going to play him or whether they're going to put him on loan and he thinks to himself, fuck it, I'll come back up. Pip, will I play? No. Okay. Is, is that... Do you think he's going to re-sign for us? There's talk of uh, yeah. half a million, there's talk of a half million pounds. Uh, do, do you think he wants to? Because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of think if if Celtic said we really want him, Celtic to go, oh, yeah, okay, uh, if they pay seven eight million, I'm not hundred percent convinced that he wants to come back. Um, um, I don't know. I think he I think he maybe thinks he can do a, a move in in England, in somebody else in the Premier League. I, I think he wants to prove himself in that league. Yeah. Um, I think that I think he's I think he's a cool customer. I think he holds his cards very close to his chest. I don't know. I, I kind of get the attitude from th- that he has that he wants to play at the top level. He's got the whole messy thing and all that. And What do you think, Bowd? I like- agree. Oh, I think he's loved his time at Celtic. Um, I don't think it's impossible um, that he'll be here next season, especially with a kind of loan deal. Um, I think we're more likely to get a loan deal than yeah. we are to actually sign him because I agree with you, Christian. I don't think necessarily his heart would be in coming back up to Celtic. And that's no disrespect to Celtic. I just think he wants to play at the highest level. And fair play for having uh, that little bit of um, you know, ambition. Yeah, as absolutely. You I, don't, I wouldn't hold it against him. No, I certainly would. I know some man would definitely hold it against him. Um, but we're not talking about his decision to stay. We're talking about his penis. Um, Celtic Boy also says, Roberts, Delph, Badstuber, how realistic are these targets? Uh, Badstuber's just a broken husk of a footballer now, so probably <laughs> there's a good chance. Uh, Badstuber was at one point one of one of the, the kind of top 
defenders in the world. Well, in my opinion, it's decent. He was overrated. Nah, by some. He was better than that like fucking Borussia Dortmund jobby who's now at Bayern. Just call that idiot. Hummels. Yeah. Hummels. I call him. I call him r- rubbishels. I call Badge Stuber Badge Stuber. Nah, that's good. Point. I think I think the Delph link is just something you're gonna see all <laughs> summer in terms of Barini. people going like, who, who's the next Scott Sinclair? Who, who's who's Rogers vaguely have a relationship with? It's gonna be. It's also Jack Rodwell. Uh, it's gonna be Man City players, isn't it? Um, Rod, uh, Delph, I don't think. I, I see the players we've got and uh, Rogic Armstrong Brown. I can't see unless we sign someone who. Uh, you can't not play. Whereas Delft, to me, I'd rather play the three, the, the three than, than Delft. There's very few players that I would think would break our midfield unless it is a really top-level, like, top-top. Like a Xavi Alonso. I know he's retired, but see Xavi Alonso turned around and was like, OK, I'm going to have one more season I want to spend at Celtic. You'd find a place for him. You'd fit him. Yeah, Melby. You can sit, I'm led to believe you can sit on the centre circle and still control the ball, control the game. You can lie on it. Um, but yeah, so we've got, and here's the thing: we've got Hearts coming up. We've got, I mean, uh, this we're going to this podcast will drop on Wednesday night. Um, so if you're listening to this on Thursday morning, we've obviously got Partick Thistle. Um, kind of thoughts on Partick Thistle? How do we approach that? I mean, we've got this, and then we've got the Hearts game. Just can't believe Celtic lost six one to Partick Thistle, but. That's not, not it's not hilarious <laughs> at all. Shut up. Um, <laughs> I, the, Partick have been decent this season. They've kind of... Uh, top six. Aye. Since the top six, I think their results have... Yeah, they've waned a little bit. They um, should have beat Rangers, to be fair. Aye, that's true. Yeah. But then Rangers are shite. Yeah. Uh, so you... you <laughs> Different kind. <laughs> you you would hope um, we should be able to beat them. But uh, it's one of those, you know... that. that you go the entire season unbeaten and then you lose to Partick in the second last game it's not impossible do you um, bring in do, do you go with your same trusted, tried and trusted because we're, we're within touching I, distance I think you're still in the position um, that you can bring in one or two like we've seen with Ralston and Johnson you, you, you could do that again you don't go crazy but one or two players that are maybe on the fringes of the squad or the youngsters and come in give them a it's first day Sunday as well so you're going to need some rotation you, anyway like I think Lustig is probably just going to play one of those um, Forrest so maybe bring Forrest yeah. in for, for the party game so so yeah no and maybe Sinclair a, a break as well but yeah no I think I don't think they're going to lose it against Partick. Um, I thought it was quite interesting after the Aberdeen game that um, but Brendan Rodgers when he was in the sort of studio with uh, BT he said you know we've got such a, a good squad everyone's you know really fighting and everyone's working together we've got guys out there guys like Henderson like you mentioned specifically yeah, mentioned yeah. Henderson um, could we see Henderson for the Partick Thistle game? I'd love to see Henderson. I, I keep saying about Henderson and also Ryan Christie that, you know, don't write them off in terms of, you know, he, as I said before, you know, what happened to McGregor, what happened to Armstrong this season. I think Henderson and, and, and Christie are both talented enough for that to like, go through the, the, the same process and the same transition and, and come out the other end of the season to become almost part of the first team. So might not happen, but I, I, I'd, I'd love to see Henderson more. I, I think he's... Tidy. I, I, I think he is. Um... We call him the bin man. <laughs> um, uh, we don't. And, <laughs> Sorry. And Ryan Christie as well. Like if you look on Ryan Christie's number, they're they're quietly very impressive. 
um, even though he hasn't played loads. And I, you know, he's, he's small data set, Christian. Come on, <laughs> small sample. I know, I know. So you know, your, your precautions need to be taken. But I'd rather have Ryan Christie, you know, as an alternative than than GMS. Yeah, I, we can all agree that the wee man's GMS is up there all day. Hey, um, So we've got, uh, I mean, I just kind of note here about Alan Archibald. Um, he's been linked with a couple of jobs down south. You're in a situation in this in this league that, especially you know, clubs like Partick Thistle or clubs like you know Ross County, where you get them to a level, they play really really well. You get them into the top six. Um, clubs will come in for you that maybe you wouldn't you know would be deemed as kind of inferior clubs compared to you know the not necessarily compared to Partick Thistle because Thistle are a small club but you think to yourself you know I'll wait it out it'll be fine and then the next season you're fighting relegation when is the best time to jump Chris do should you if you're a if you're a premier Scottish premiership manager should you jump when you're at your highest or should you not your highest but do you, do you, do you get a you certain level that you know if, if you get to the top six and you get a job offer down south should you take it I think that depends I mean you're you're right there are some clubs that due to finances they're, they're un, you know managers will take them to a point and they're unlikely to break the top four or they're unlikely to um, break the top three if you're Rangers or something like that um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's also I mean there'll be there's, there's managers who are, who are building um, a young team or a legacy or, you know, they're, they're working on a project that's more than one season's result. So it really depends on, on what you've done, to be honest. What about that? What would you kind of take on it? I think if it's Alan Archibald, yeah. You, you got enough for this summer, you'd go because, unfortunately, this is as good as it's get for Partick Tussle, especially with Hibs coming in next season. Um Maybe even uh, a Dundee United who's is close to their I'll actual potential at the season after. That'll be Falkirk, pal. Falkirk. They'll do Falkirk. Well, I don't, um, they might, Dundee United might not go up this year, but, uh, you know, there's, there's teams coming up in that top six. I'd be uh, very surprised if Party to Silver replicates that next season. I don't think they have a, a St. Johnston in them. I think if you got an offer now... He, you know, he, he'd be silly not to go. Um, we got a question from Rudy. What do you think would be Roger's favourite biscuit? I think he looks like a dark chocolate digestive man. Maybe a hobnob. A hobnob. That was that was my first one. <laughs> Loves a hobnob. Does he? Aye. Aye. Um, vegan hobnobs, obviously. Yep. He probably used to love them a lot more than he does now. Um, but I, I think Rogers is just you know he's so focused. He's, he's all about the football. He doesn't have time to. He's going to grab something quick and easy like a bourbon or custom cream. Oh, because he's, he's out and about. Um, we have been linked uh, with a couple of transfer. Uh, we've got well, Jozo Samunovic, nine million pounds to Newcastle. Now you're laughing there. Yeah, I just laugh at Newcastle when you mention them. Uh, what Newcastle? The Newcastle. Hush. I know, but I mean, it's such a Newcastle signing, isn't it? It really you is. Know. A guy with a broken knee who hasn't yeah. really cut it at the Scottish Premiership level. No, <laughs> that's maybe exaggerated. But you would take £9 million, wouldn't you, Chris? Yeah, I, I love Yozo. Uh, Christian mentioned earlier, he's got it in him to step up and I go agree, to yeah. the next level. But right now, £9, £10 million is probably more than we should be getting for him. Yeah. Thoughts? No, I... That's I mean, in a way, it's 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 a little bit of a false economy to say, okay, you know, he also might be a good, you know, he he's one of our first choice centre halves. 
um, next season and he's going to be a key part of the team I won't sell him for five. Oh, I'll sell him for nine that doesn't really make sense to me unless you're getting life changing money if, if you think he's part of the first team if Rogers think he's part of the first team he's going to be my one guy next season to build that defense around I don't think you go let him go for nine million I think if he goes for seven eight nine million it's also because Rogers is going yeah I can get somebody better or I can get somebody we have somebody that's just as good so I think I I think if Yoso goes, it's because Rogers is not 100 percent convinced for him, about him. I th- I think Celtic can afford to say no to nine million. <laughs> if, yeah. if Brendan Rodgers bought a centre back for nine million, I would expect them to be better than Yoso. Yeah, that's. That. But we're not in the English Premiership, so they can. And, yeah. and that's the and the, that's that's the interesting part. Is going to be because this will be the first transfer window with a new head of recruitment, not just a chief scout as well. So as you said before, if you have six seven million pounds to spend. You can go out to any league, maybe a below the top four or five in Europe, and get one of the best players in that league. You know, in 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 a, especially a position like a centre half. So if your scouting network is good enough, if you if you've done your work, seven eight million out in out in Europe can get you a, a, a potential Rolls Royce player. Yeah, um, phenomenal player. Phenomenal. <laughs> um, Dominic Solanke um, from Chelsea. Um, who Brendan Rodgers knows well. He actually mentioned, talked about the fact that he knows the young lad and he's, he's worked with him. But, but he, he's, he's not backed, what, 50 grand a week? I know, and it's, it's it, that's just another Fabio Barina to me. You know, it, it's, it's going to be so many links like that saying, who's Rodgers bought in the past? You know, who's who's, who's he, is he, he worked with in Chelsea youth? You know, is, is Joe Allen available? You know, so I, I think it's, you know, all those things are, you know, he'll obviously use his network uh, and he'll use his contact he has. But I also, you, you got somebody there as a new head of recruitment that, you, you know, is, is obviously a, maybe a bit more of a slick operation now than, than under Park. So I think a lot of those things are just newspapers putting one and more together or agents putting something out there. Yeah, um, Armstrong's coming in his final season. He'll get a new deal bowed. Absolutely. And he'll sign it. Oh, I'll probably get some hair sponsorship as well. You really should. Yeah, you really should. Um, th- this season coming up is his last year. He's been linked with West Brom. Chris Davis came out and said, it's great that he's been linked because that means if he's been linked with the English Premiership, that means that he's doing a good job and it means that we're doing a good job. He's better than West Brom. Who are actually doing really well just now. He's, so. be- he's better than... He's Celtic, and that's it. I want to see him eventually. I want to see him stay long enough to be captain. Um, and left the Europe. I think he's the kind of player who, who would take being... A Scott Brown figure a Celtic over going to almost any club in England. Maybe I, not in the top four or five, but you know, he, I don't think he would settle for a Stoke or West Brom. I think he'd, he'd more he'll be more happy just being a, a key guy at Celtic. Yeah, um, just kind of we've got a couple of minutes left. Um, did you watch? I know, I think you did. I don't know if you did yourself, Christian. Uh, maybe you did. Uh, Rangers versus Hearts. I saw the second half actually. Um, talk me through how shite it was. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was it was shied levels uh, again. Um, I think you know. Obviously, I, I yeah, I'm on the record. I, I'd like Ian Cathro to succeed. I think as we will. And, and I, I think Hearts in, in the, the second half. I saw with ten men. Hearts were running that game uh, at, at Ibrox. I think you know the you know they, they were clever. They did a three. 4-2 with 10 men on the ground I think they just counter-attacked uh, Rangers time and time again I think Rangers was really really lucky to win that uh, yeah Rangers looks devoid of any spirit or, or anything I think they were I think they would have you know they got a really lucky 
um two one right after hearts is equalized if they hadn't done that i think they would have lost that game because you know the hearts really had them on the ropes uh even just with 10 men and yeah it's, it's <laughs> it hasn't been very impressive so far but you, you see it as well don't you yeah um I, I just i think they both looked like poor teams i think hearts deserved um a draw at least yeah at the, at the very least but um i didn't see a lot from either of them cafro um absolutely i was against people saying instantly oh he's not the man for the job because of who he is because he hasn't played and because he's a laptop manager that's nonsense i don't particularly think from what we've seen that cafro is a great manager was obviously very early in his career um, and people are pouncing on him because of the type of person he is uh, but yeah that was two two poor sides oh, it'll be really interesting next season with, with Caffrey I, I think he's at the right club because you got someone like Craig Levine there incidentally I'm for for the supplement I'm talking to Christian Calvinus oh, the Dundee okay. United left back um, Great player he obviously team. worked on the Levine at Dundee United and he he said Levine was the best manager he's ever worked with both in terms of football expertise and in terms of leadership and he says and he obviously he's 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 a you know proponent of the director of football model and he says obviously you need the right kind of guy as a director of football and he says Craig Levine is, is your perfect guy as director of football because he thinks long term you know he has the leadership qualities he, he wants to put fundamentals in place and I think that the club Hearts is a really well run club now and I think you know Kaffer is lucky he's at that club because I think they will give him the whole next season as a chance and I think that's probably the cha- the club he has the best chance at, to succeed at, at that role so I hope to do because I think that's I think Scottish football needs more of that and I'll, I'll put my you know close to the mass now I, I think Hart's going to finish above Hibs next season that's not very oh, come on <laughs> <laughs> well I mean Hibs is going to finish second so I've just Shit. you know yeah, no. I there know. you go just I'm going to finish 1.72 expected uh, position just on that um, just on that game uh, the Hearts and Rangers game they kept giving the ball away <laughs> I don't Rangers seen, both teams Hearts did it as well and that that's the thing it wasn't like Rangers are so bad um, and Hearts are so much better than them they were both dreadful it's legitimately one of the worst games of foot. It doesn't matter that it was Rangers and their, you know, former rivals who zombified, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was just such a terrible, terrible game of football. It, uh, no, let me repeat that. It was actually quite exciting, but from a technical aspect of simple possession, simple passing, it was utterly diabolical. And, you know... Cathro's came in there when they were only what four point three points behind Aberdeen. Now they're they're twenty four. There's a chance that St Johnston could split them, um, split um, Rangers and, and Hearts. He's, he needs to really hit the ground running. I mean, yeah, no, he needs a good start. Um, because I, and the by the way, see when you're talking about Hearts fans, when you're talking about Hearts being the club, it's as much as they have a great structure in place, which they do. Um, Hearts fans have a certain level of expectation, yeah. though, and. As far as I'm aware, at the last game, the last home game, they were rabid. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think you have parallels there to maybe the Celtic support when, when Dyla was in, because there there was a big portion yeah. still who just you know was promoted and and would you know like the idea of it and they want to give it time and they want to see it succeed because it is something you know in theory it's the smart thing to do. So, so yeah, you, you're always gonna have really, really angry fans. But I think he's been there for what, six months, seven months. Oh no, I mean, no, I mean, yeah. if, if if you want to 
think long term if you want to put plans in place that is supposed to give you results over the longer term you, you need to give it more than six months um so no i'll be it's been interesting i did like a whole um meet the management team at, at hearts the other week as well i'm interesting reading the reports from that in terms of you know cafro and then um what's his name again the assistant um, um mike yeah, MacPhail or something. MacPhail. Um, um, but he, um, he, he came across um, and they, a lot better. Apparently, they came. Yeah, both of them came across really well. So I think, you know, yeah, I, I think it'll be really interesting next season. Uh, I hope they do well. I think what I've seen from Hearts is that you can kind of see what Kaffer is trying to do. Austin McPhee. Austin McPhee. I just don't think he has the players to execute it. Yet. So the question is, do you scale down? Do you do you make it a little bit more simple uh, in terms of what you want them to do now, or do you just saying, look, we're going to play this way until you actually play it and you understand it and you, you execute it well? Yeah, if, if there's one thing we learned from Dyla, um, if you don't have a certain level of pragmatism, you know, you live by the sword. If plan A doesn't work, it. make it work. <sighs> well, that's what the best men do. Chris Bowden, any last comments? No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Nope. Uh, no, we're just. Going for the Invincible, it's great, isn't it? Great time to be a Celtic fan. It is. Um, we will have uh, a podcast on Monday, and then we're going to do a Scottish po- Scottish Cup final preview podcast, um, probably around this time next week. So, two podcasts next week. We're spoiling you. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, Roche time. Yep. Yeah. Pay- um, Paywall 2018. No yep. Doubt. Another shout out for the supplement. It's about to drop. Sun- uh, Saturday morning. Even um, maybe Bouts even finished a PDF by Saturday. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but no, yeah. about Saturday, it'll be all over our Twitter. So, so take the time to to, to read it. I think we're going to have fourteen, fifteen articles in there. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, and if if you're you know if you're interested, if you want to come and write for us, you know, just just drop us an email as well. Um, we'll actually email. We actually tweet the email this time because we, we keep getting emails to the old email account and bound as to forward them to Which me. But yeah, you know, it, literally full of Viagra adverts, so it's just going <laughs> yeah. through. No, if, that's your personal account, pal. If, yeah. if you know, if if you're a writer out there and you think you're you think you're any good, you, you, well, let us know. And by the way, if you're not good, we will tell you to your face. Right. Yeah, in, in a roundabout face. way, yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, thanks for thanks for listening. We are the Ninety Minute Cynic. We are on Speaker Speaker dot com slash the Ninety Minute Cynic. We're on iTunes. If you search for Ninety Minute Cynic on iTunes, you'll be able to find us. If you could subscribe and a positive comment would be terrific. It would really help us out. Um, so that'd be great. Uh, we're also on uh, Twitter, Twitter um, at Ninety Minute Cynic. That's we tweet all of our links out. That's where we're probably most active. But you can follow us on Facebook as well, facebook.com slash Ninety Minute Cynic. Uh, anything else? Uh, Instagram, which sometimes gets updated. I'm gonna put you on the spot. Are we are we doing any live pods soon? Did the live pod um, season went down well? We're gonna do a live pod probably during the summer um, okay. because obviously with what we're we gonna talk about. Um, we're going to talk about you, how handsome you are. We By might. live pod, we don't mean broadcast live, we mean live in person. An audience with 90 minutes on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, come and touch Chris Bowd's beard. Um, <laughs> the bearded yeah. bowed? Well, that, I mean, there will be, you could be a founder of touching Chris Bowd's beard if you pay enough. Or yeah, you, there's go find me. Yeah, you get a t-shirt. Um, we'll have a merch stand, um, which uh, you can, if you pay a pound, you'll have some, some Annie can insult you to your face. You know, 
for an extra Call Tory. Yeah. yeah. Two, two pounds, you can have Louis touch your hair. Let, let Louis touch um, his hair. Um, That's weird. What? As we went off on a tangent. Anyway, um, so follow us on Twitter. Should we mention Louis's new hair news? Louis? We'll, we'll, we'll mention it on Monday. Okay. So <laughs> follow us at 90 Minute Cynic um, on Twitter. We tweet out all the links to everything. The supplement will be dropping on Saturday. 90MinuteCynic.com. Um, check it out. Uh, a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort has went into it for you fucking people so fucking look at it thanks <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so check it out 90minutesynic.com uh, Chris Bowd thank you been a pleasure uh, speaking to two fantastic gentlemen oh look at we're all we pals here you're looking terrific with your shark t-shirt shark uh, submarine your shark submarine um, your beard and just everything that's going on Christian Wolf. I'm wearing all blue I pretty much blew myself today again <laughs> So, a little arrested development. Yeah, Joke pretty there. much. I, I'm sitting opposite, you know, Tobias Fionca. Tobias Fionca. But yeah, happy 17th for me. Happy Constitution happy Day. Happy Constitution Day. Um, Norway. Oh, wait, I made a question from Matt. Matt asking... Um, Matt's River in Europe. Can an, anyone stop... Who's top of the league in Norway? Rosenberg. Can anyone stop Ros- Rosenberg? Celtic, maybe, if they get them into Champions League qualifiers, but I think that's... I like, think squ- that's like squashing a bug. <laughs> like squashing... At least Mulder a bug. Won't be there. Yes, um, uh, pleasure as always, sir. Thank you. Want to get you on more often. Uh, I'm Chris best. Gallagher. We are the 90 Minute Cynic, and we'll speak to you down the road. With this being said, every pedal's come off again. Fell to the floor Every word again It's not like it ever meant Everything we'd To make it sound way back alone.